Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. I am so happy to be back with you. I love you guys. So I'm Lisa DeMora. I'm a clinical psychologist. I um, work largely on kids and adolescents. My Full-length, long work is on girls. I've written two New York Times bestsellers. I write the monthly adolescence column in the New York Times. And um, and then, thanks to you guys, I have a new podcast. Welcome to the new series, Cocktails and Conversation with Kat and Nat. And we've decided to bring you all of these conversations with people that we like to have, where there's a little bit of wisdom, always hilarity, and hilaria. Yes, some famous, some just cool. Some drink, some don't drink, but there's always a conversation. Cheers, join us. So Lisa is joining us on our podcast today. And Lisa is, uh, I, I, I found you on Instagram um, because of some articles you have written and you just spoke to me in such a way about um, the way you, the way you talk about children and you make it make sense when you're talking about teens and tweens and all these conversations. And um, our podcast is usually business focused, but we thought that there's so many moms on here that we could really help women maybe in this time when we're home with them, have a line of communication that might be easier um, for them to, to make business easier to, to work. Cause if you, if you have a happy home life, everything is easier and your, your mind isn't consumed. So for those who don't know you, who are you and what do you do? Oh, well, first of all, I am so happy to be back with you. I love you guys. Um, so I'm Lisa DeMora. I'm a clinical psychologist. I um, work largely on kids and adolescents. My 
full-length long work is on girls. I've written two New York Times bestsellers, Untangled and Under Pressure, about adolescent development and girls. Um, though actually, Under Pressure really gets its stress and anxiety from elementary school through college. And Untangled really focuses on adolescent development for girls, but 80% applies to boys. I write the monthly adolescence column in the New York Times. And um, and then, thanks to you guys, I have a new podcast. Which everybody needs to subscribe to because I think audio is so important for people who don't feel like they have time to read, but you can cook dinner and listen to a podcast. And where can people find your podcast? What's it called? So it's called Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. But I really mean that it's thanks to you because when we met earlier in the pandemic, afterwards you followed up and you're like, you should have a podcast. And I had been toying with the idea and hadn't thought it through. And you and your team were so supportive and incredible. And I just, I really, it wouldn't be but for your encouragement. Oh, um, that's so well, on, honestly, when, when you have so much to share and, you know, to, to explain, I think, you know, the biggest thing that we're seeing and actually I'm going through personally is your children are your everything and you're only as happy as your happiest child, right? So, or as your unhappiest child. Yeah. Yeah. You have a really unhappy child. It's really hard for you as a mom to, to carry on and feel, you know, it consumes you and and all of our team is moms and you can just see that it it takes you to a place when your child is not okay, that you, you cannot, you cannot worry about anything else. So, I think laying the groundwork and having conversation with you is something that will help so many women. And the more women we can help, especially in this really hard time, um, what, what in your experience, what are some of the missteps that we're doing as parents? Because I think it's really easy to flip the script on the kids and say, how can I change them? But what are we doing that maybe is causing some of these conflictual feelings or these breakdowns in, in the relationships with, with this age group of people we don't really understand, teens and tweens? <laughs> well, I'll tell you some of the top conflicts I'm hearing about and t- some of what's really hard right now. So one of them has to do with kids and their motivation to do school. And what I can basically say about motivation everywhere I go, and I go a lot of places virtually now, kids are over it. Their motivation for school is in the toilet. They do not want to do it anymore. It is not fun. They don't get any of the perks of school, no matter how they're doing school. And they're tired and they're sluggish and they complain a lot. And this is what I'm hearing. And so what I would say to parents in terms of how to flip that script, first thing I would say is if your kid's motivation is low, that is exactly what I'm hearing everywhere. It's not about your kid. Um, if your kid's motivation is high, don't tell anybody. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're the only parent with a kid who's got high motivation. <laughs> and then what we can do is help them come up with strategies for doing stuff they don't want to do. Because adult women, any functioning adult woman, has a lot of strategies to make ourselves do the things we don't feel like doing. Right. I mean, if I have to write a column and I don't want to, like, I'm like, okay, 200 words and then I can have chocolate, 200 more words and I can have bribe yourself, bribe myself constantly. And every functioning adult I know has stuff like this that we use in our repertoire. So this is the time to just say, look, kiddo, I know you hate it. I know you're over it. I know school feels like all vegetables, no dessert. That's not your fault, but let's figure out what it takes to get it done. Do you want me to sit with you? Do you want me to bring some chocolate by when you've gotten through that fifth math problem? Um, Do you want the dog to come cuddle you while you get it done? But take the shame away around them not being into it. Um, School's really a slog this year. Wow. they are just being so good. And then I would actually say, like, up the praise. Even if they're, you know, barely functioning, they're functioning. And so I would say, kiddo, you are doing it. You're making it happen. I am so impressed. Um, I, I, I have a fourth grader who has been doing school in the basement since September. We have a nice basement, which makes it feel slightly less horrible. But, you know, every few days I try to remember to say to her, what you are pulling off is incredible. This is not how it's supposed to be. Right. Are we, um, how accountable are we holding them when they're not do like when, you know, when they really are resisting, because I am hearing parents who are like, I have no idea what they're doing online. Like they just are, you know, it's like they go to their friend's house to go do it with them. And I, I don't know, like, are we like hounding them? Are we trying to see the, the assignments turned in? Like what's the accountability that we're trying to keep to keep them in? 
You know, I would say for any school-aged child, go with what the teacher feels is working or not working. So if you're worried that your kid is actually, you know, dropping balls and messing up, I would just drop an email to the teacher saying, I'm not hovering over this. Is there anything I need to know or is there any way I need to be involved? It is normal and expectable for kids to struggle to get their schoolwork in all the time, to be on top of it. And our teachers have fabulous repertoires for helping kids come along. They are equipped for this. They're good at this. And so I think you're doing your due diligence if you say to the parent, to the teacher, I care and I'm ready to step in if you want me. But one of the things when I got to be with kids in person more and would travel to schools, I would sometimes ask kids, like, what do you want me to tell your parents? Like, what do you want your parents to know? Uh And much more often than one would ever expect, I had kids write me anonymous notes saying, please tell them to let me deal with the consequences of my behavior. Really? I know. I was surprised too. And what they meant is if I mess it up at school, I will deal with it at school. I don't want you swooping in and intervening. So it's easier with kids under the age of high school, right? It's easier with elementary school kids where you feel like they can fall on their face and it's not going to be, you know, something that they carry with them. But I would say all the more reason then to let younger kids sort it out at school, sort it out with their teachers so that they come into upper school with, you know, some sense of responsibility and autonomy. And if your upper school student is struggling, you know, ask them what would help, you know, say, look, what you're doing is not working. What do you need to do differently? That's so interesting. I, 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 I never would have thought that that's what, you know, a kid would, would want, but I guess they want to be, they want to handle, they want to handle it and they want to sort of be independent in that way. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, Therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. 
Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Nat. I also, I've heard once that like um, uh, teenage girls, and tell me if you this is potentially true, that um, one thing that they really wish for is um, more and better communication with their parents, which... I don't know if that's true, but that seems like the opposite of what it, it seems like they want. I love that. First of all, I think it is true. Um, one of the ways I learned this in my clinical work is um, I've, I've worked long enough that I've had rare things happen repeatedly. And it's happened repeatedly that um, very high functioning, fantastically like independent, autonomous adolescent girls have complained to me that their parents aren't home enough. Um, this is all pre-pandemic, but that their parents are out or otherwise occupied and that they really miss their parents' company. And when they've done that, I've often thought, but if they were home, you'd be ignoring them. Right. <laughs> so what is this? Yeah. What I realize is they want our company. They want our presence. They don't want our agenda. And okay. so the way we step in it with kids, especially teenagers, is we roll up on them with an agenda. Hi. Did you do your laundry? What's going on with your homework? What's happening at school? Give me some gossip on board, right? I mean, like we have a plan. That's not what they want. Okay. They want our quiet presence. They want to introduce topics and for us to take interest in them. But you've also had this experience. I certainly have it as a mom where like my kid will put something on the table. I'm like, ooh, tell me more. And then they'll tell me a little bit more. And then I'll ask another question. And they'll be like, why are you asking so many questions? <laughs> it's so true. Like, I told you already. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were talking. No, we're not talking. I understand. Got it. So what I think we have to be open to is that our idea of connecting and kids' idea of connecting isn't always the same thing. Mm. Our idea of connecting is, oh, I ask you questions and then you answer my questions. And then if you have a problem, you let me know and you let me give you advice. Their idea of connecting is, I'm watching this show that I really like. Do you want to watch it with me? And they won't ask. You just have to go sit. Sit and then keep your mouth shut. And that's often when they will talk. Right. I I have what her daughter at around 11 um, like had a, a, a hate for kind of everyone around her. My daughter, 11, is in that very same age where it's like they look at you and they hate you for no, remember like it was just like this phase where they would talk to you and you're like, you're so different. What, what I'm breathing. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> you're sneezing. You're, your sneeze is so annoying. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's like so, so irked by everything that comes in your path. so hard to, it's, it's disrespectful, but how do you, I, I know it's developmental, but it is so hard to let it go because how do you as a parent distinguish between disrespectful and developmental or, you know, that, that line is so hard, but yeah. it's an age. Cause I saw her go through it and now I'm watching part two. They get through it. So um, one article I wrote a while back was called why teenagers become allergic to their parents. Yes, that's exactly yeah. it. That's what it is. It's what it is. And I think I use the example of like, they can't stand how you use the turn signal in the car. I mean, like there's nothing you can do. Well, 11, not even a teenager yet, Lisa. No, adolescence begins at 11. That's a okay. really important thing to say. Adolescence okay. has always begun at 11. So there's a, it's good to understand the reason for it. But then separate from understanding the reason is how you actually parent through it. Yeah. So the reason for it is they want to be separate from us, right? We know that. And everything we do falls into one of two categories. Things that they do that are like their vision of how they want to be. So I'll give you an example. I have liked Beyonce for a really long time. When my older daughter hit, I think she was 12, she decided she liked Beyonce. And we had Beyonce playing in the kitchen and I was sort of bopping to it one day. And she was like, mom, stop. <laughs> you know, like she could not tolerate that we would share Beyonce because Beyonce was hers and she was trying to be separate. So if we have something in common, it's a huge problem. Mm. The other thing they can't stand are things that you do that are different from how they envision themselves because we're still so caught up with each other. So if you are wearing a dorky sweater to parent night at school, this is the end of the world because they would never wear that dorky sweater. So now everything you do falls into two forbidden categories. 
literally everything. Everything. Things that are like the way they want to see themselves, things that are unlike the way they want to see themselves. So that's the moment you've arrived at. So it's helpful to understand it. Now, the good thing is, and this is what you've already described, they get older and they start to become separate in their own right. Like they've got their own interests, they've got their own friends, and then they can share things with you. And then they can also be like, oh yeah, you like that dorky sweater that has nothing to do with me, right? They, they do start to get past it developmentally. Right. In the ugly phase, mm-hmm. one way to parent it effectively is to say to them, there are three options for how you can interact with me. Okay. You can be friendly. That's my favorite. Mm-hmm. You can be polite. Or you can tell me you need some space. Okay. So friendly, uh, you can be polite or you can be silent, but you need some space. So you need to like walk away. You need some space, but you cannot treat me like a punching bag. Okay. And, and one of the um, ways to set that up, the lay the groundwork for that. I really believe in being respectful of kids, like really respectful of kids for it's the right thing to do. It's a good thing to do. It also, you need it in this moment because then you can say, I have never spoken to you like that. Mm-hmm. And you not speak to me like that. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it gives you this thing that you, you're going to need when your kid is 11, 12, 13 ish. And then they, they come through it. Yours is, yours is better. Hey guys, because kids do not come with a manual, this is the closest thing to it. So here it is, the community that we need right now, a place to talk about the struggles we're facing with our kids in real time and hear from monthly experts on how we should be tackling all of it. We have amazing experts that come on the teen and tween group and tons of resources. It's also a place where you can talk anonymously about the issues that are going on with you and your teen and tween. We know that it can be really hard when it when our kids actually end up on social media and their reputations and their and their personal life is no longer for us to talk about, aka they poop their pants. <laughs> Unless they're doing that as a teen, that's a different story. Um, we need a place where we can talk about it. The more we talk about what's going on with our kids to each other, the more we'll realize that we're not alone and that a lot of us have this in common. We need the support. We need to be able to have a conversation. Um, it, we've created this community so that... You can come and talk about all the things that are going on with your teen, tween, or kid. So I feel normal, you guys. That's the most important part of all of this is you're not alone, and often it feels like it. And if you can find a place where there's information and, and tips and tools you can actually apply in your life today, there's nothing better, and it, it is totally anonymous. Uh, you can go to catandnat.ca and then go to the tab where it says 6 to 16 membership, and you can join. Uh, looking forward to seeing you there. I was just thinking, it's so funny when you're in it, like it feels, so, and this is, you know, I was, I was even thinking about, um, when they were like toddlers and the, the, the felt like the behavior was so unexplainable and it's so overwhelming as a parent when you're in it, you're like, you feel like you can't get away from it. It's just so intense. And then it's like, before you know it, it's like over. And then you like, it's almost like you should celebrate that it's over and really like appreciate when it's good. Because I was just, she just said that I was remembering this summer and I was like, oh my gosh. And then, and now she's like, she's kind of like enjoyable. She's kind of like lovely with us right now. And now I know that that too will pass. And that just at the age of 12, it's not going to just be over, but like, it's so important when we always did this as with babies too, to remind ourselves that it is a phase. We always you cross your fingers. It's a phase, and it will change. We always look for reasons too, right? It's like because they, they used to be hungry or overtired, right? <laughs> that was like universally they're hungry or overtired, or they just can't deal with their emotions. And I mean, we joke that Taylor's been getting her period for like three years, and it's never come because if she's. <laughs> we want to blame that, but that's not coming. So for my daughter this weekend, I'm like, oh, it's totally the screen. Like, I got to get rid of the screen. But maybe it's nothing. It's just her developing into her own emotions. And we have to stop looking for reasons and start understanding it's internal. And they just need to grow through it. It's not consequence. It's not punishment. And Is there punishments that we're giving to this? Or is this just, like, what is this? What Like, is there punishments or you just walk away? I think sometimes walking away. I mean, I think, honestly, um, teenagers can be so salty in so many different ways that you need a lot of different options. So sometimes like just straight up ignoring it. I think the challenge, and this is important, is to then not hold a grudge, right? Because then they're sweet and you want to be able to enjoy that and you want to actually reinforce that with engaging it. And you have three other eyes watching instead of eyes who are younger watching this rude person walk around and they're like, why does she get to do that? Try it on, And you're like, oh my gosh. Right. I mean, so then another thing you can say is like, we don't speak that way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, another thing you can say is I'm going to pretend I did not hear that. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice way to like call it without actually asking for a response and right. giving a chance to reset. Um, I, I think you can say sometimes that's rude. You're being rude. I mean, like, I think that there's lots of ways you can just mark it in time. That give it go back into the interaction. Like, you know, I, I know she wants me, but when she's rude to me, I'm like, I'm like, I, I, this is, I'm going to walk away. Like, you know, it's often this dance we play where she likes to try it on and do it. And then she'll kind of creep around me and just kind of stand there and look at me. And I'm like, this is so hard for me right now because you have been so rude to me all day. And now you want me. I'm like, I was available all day, you know, and now it's on your clock. And I'm like, I just wanted a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's two ways to think about it. One is if you have the energy, you can say to them, begin again. Right. So if they start rude and they have something reasonable that they're driving toward, you can say, look, just start over. Like I won't do it that way. But there's also the rule that no one is going to think our kids are as cute as we think our kids are. And so you are also within your rights to say, you know what? You've been treating me like dirt all day. No one is going to want to do you favors if you treat them like dirt all day. And actually, I'm not in the mood to do you in a favor because you've treated me like dirt all day. Let's start again tomorrow. And I think I think that idea of reset and begin again and try over. Um, so there's some balance between showing them how the world actually works and being more forgiving and allowing real resets so that they can keep trying until they get it right. Like that, that's really the balance we're trying to accomplish. But you said a word that I just, I was so glad to hear you say about developmental, that it's developmental, like so uh-huh. much what we're going against. And I think that's the piece in, in my work as a psychologist that I'm always trying to push across, that like there's a reason driving every one of these friction behaviors that really bother us and that they do advance forward development. They're just not that fun to live with. Oh. And, and one of the ways to think about it, and, and we can think about this in terms of the pandemic, we can think about this in terms of immediate development, change equals stress. Anytime we go through change, you get stress. Hmm. So if you think about going from being a 12-year-old to being a 17-year-old, that's five years of life. 12-year-olds and 17-year-olds, like they're not even from the same planet. No. Right? So if I think about myself five years ago at 45, I basically looked the same. I'm wearing the same clothes. I'm cooking the same food. My life is not that different. Like mm. we don't change that much. So the day-to-day stress of being us is not so great. They are changing so rapidly that mm. it's going to be stressful no matter what you do. That's really, I think, a relief for a lot of people to hear. And for those who are like, you know, struggle between the disrespect and the words, I just think I'm like, I see her body developing in front of me. And I'm like, internally, she's also like, it goes hand in hand, right? There's a reason they call it developing because it is literally a body and the mind are developing hand in hand. And I said to a a team member, I used to work with, um, at-risk youth. And I said, you know, it's like you beat your head against the wall for years and nothing gets in. You feel like you're just not even get making sense. And then at 17, it's like everything you've said, you've planted a bajillion seeds and they begin to grow. And you're like, so you're like, oh, so it, it's like your fruits of your labor does not pay off until years down the road. But when you're planting the seeds, it is so, it feels so like what's the at times I'm just like I'm so tired and I'm like I just I said the same thing to you four days in a row and I'm still saying to you like how do you not know you're being rude you know what I mean like you're rude figure it out <laughs> it's exhausting for parents especially when you have other children because this one person is taking up I mean thank God I watched her go through it in the summertime because they consume your household. They consume you. And I think it's really hard when you have other children to not, to not be consumed. And I mean, you threw down the gauntlet. You were like, I, this is it. We, we can't, we can't. And I, I worked, she couldn't, she had to stop giving into the behavior to place mm-hmm. her because we were all trying to keep her. So she wouldn't get to that place. Mm-hmm. What's that about keeping them mm-hmm. accountable to the behavior? I think I said that, but also play like, when it's all day, like I, it, I think it's all day and you, the, the restarts aren't working. Do you just time yourself out and walk away or do you, I mean, COVID, you're going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we're all stuck together. We got to figure this one out. Um, 
Well, one way to think about it is that a kid who is seeking out conflict with you would be better off being in conflict with themselves. So here's what I mean. Would be better than being in, they're in conflict with themselves? It should be. We want to get them there. So here's what I mean. Yeah. Oh. So say you've got, I mean, these are all good kids. These are all good kids. They're just being total pills and difficult to live with. And so say you've got a kid who's just being persistently difficult, taking up all the oxygen in a calm moment, say, let's say it's a her, say to her, you and I both know that this is not comfortable for you to act this way. Mm. You and I both know that you're making this hard on everyone around. Like something's bugging you and the way you're handling it is to make it hard on everyone else around. I want you to see if you can figure out something that you're going to feel better about as a way to act. Now you will get like the eye roll of all time in response to this, take it, walk away. But what you want to say is this is not a fight between me and you. This is a fight between how you're acting and the part of you that knows better. Let me know how this comes out. Oh my, that's a good one. I need that. I'm in, I'm in, I'm, I think this is like the most timely. <laughs> let, let me know. <laughs> in the right moment. Well, I can thank God there's a light. Literally, it's why we have a community because I think you often feel, I, I think so many parents right now are so ashamed to open up that their children might be, you know, in a really difficult phase and you don't know where to turn to when, when that's happening. And you're embarrassed to open up to a friend and be mm-hmm. like, my child is so disrespectful to me. And they're like, must be like, cause you know, it's like, must be you. And it's like, you're like, it's not me. It's just, you know, it's not you. You're doing the best you can, but it's this like wall you're hitting. Right. And we say that with like all, all, you know, all different um, um, stages of parenthood is that if only people could be more open about what's going on, other people would feel comforted to know that they're not the only one, but people are just so ashamed to talk. Teenagers, right. Especially teenagers. Cause then you start to think about like, well, you know, do I, what do I do with her privacy? And also I do, I, nobody else is talking about it. Um, But what the other thing I want you to know, like I have two kids, like, me knowing all this doesn't mean I don't have to have these conversations at home, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like what I'm sharing comes some from training and experience in my clinical practice and plenty from raising daughters, mm-hmm. being, having to really roll up my sleeves and deal with it. And I think the the only advantage I have as a function of my training is I know to expect it. I know mm-hmm. normal development is bumpy and messy and ragged and I will sometimes lose my cool and my kids will sometimes lose my cool and they're cool and we will just have to fix it. But I just, I would never want anyone to think that somehow there's a way that you could do it where you don't have to go through it. Right. Okay, good. Do That's boys so good. go through I was, it? I was just going to say, um, I, and I always uh, think back to when we first had babies and, and when I was going through things, just simple things like sleeping and eating and napping and all that, it was so much harder the first time. But when the next baby came, I knew what to expect. Oh, yeah. So things didn't surprise me. So for us, we have our daughters who are the oldest. I don't have another girl. So I'm assuming the boys are going to be different. But like, like when Chloe does it, you've, you've done it once before. So at least you more expect it. Is it only girls or are boys going to do this too? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, so emotionality peaks in teenagers at around 13. And usually the reason we say 13 is the girls are on the early side of that and boys are on the later side of that. It's very driven by puberty and boys lag a couple of years behind girls on puberty. And so in terms of like heightened emotion intention, you know, like kind of intensity, boys get there, they get there a little later. Um, if we talk in super broad strokes, boys are often not as good at verbalizing what they're thinking and feeling, right? So they're often just much like angrier or I had a boy describe it to me. I was so grateful to him. He was like, it feels like static in my head. Like just, he was just upset, um, you know, that they, they can be quicker to impulse. They can be quicker to acting out. I had another boy who got in trouble with his mom because he walked away when she was yelling at him. Mm-hmm. He came into my office. He was like, I was afraid I was going to hit her. Oh, got it. You know? And you're like, oh, bless your heart. You could get over just walking away. And I was like, don't get this kid in trouble for that. And they, when they're on, when you can get underneath in here, um, they have all the intensity, all of the um, emotion they haven't, we don't socialize them to bring as much language to it. And, mm. and so we suffer and they suffer in that because language helps to contain it. So boys feel it every much as girls feel it. One thing, um, every bit, one thing we do see is when girls are upset because of their high verbal socialization, they're more likely to discuss it. And when boys are upset, they're more likely to distract themselves. Mm. So it's, it's plus minus on both because girls discussing in some ways, it gives them language. It gives them social support. It also means sometimes they ruminate. They just go over and over and over the same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not good. So that's the downside. Okay. When boys. She does it with everything. Oh my gosh. She tells me, she says the same thing to me over and over and over and over. And over. <laughs> so when boys distract themselves, like, so a boy gets upset and so then he'll go play a video game. Right. And this is good in some ways because it actually helps it to just die down. I mean, it doesn't, he doesn't ruminate on it. It's bad because he doesn't get support for whatever he was upset about. Right. So if we really want to think in terms of gender, like what we really want kids to do is to shoot down the middle. Like we want boys to talk more and we want girls to distract more. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's really where we'd like to go. Lisa, uh, if, um, okay, so... You know, sometimes the, the your kids will choose to sort of, I, I, as teenagers, sort of like not want to, not, uh, maybe they do want to talk to you, but they act like they, they don't want to talk to you and they sort of ignore you. How, and you feel and you sense that maybe like there's something, you're not sure if something more is going on or if there's not, because it's so hard once they're out of like, when they're in junior high and high school, they're, they're living their own lives and so many things are happening in their social situation and their classrooms that you have no part of, you know, you can't just like... <laughs> can't just pop into the classroom during COVID. I feel like I'm so disconnected with all of my kids, but um, mm-hmm. we know that more is going to be going on now that like Taylor's in, in grade seven. Like I can just imagine all the things that are going to go on from now until whatever. If you feel you sense that there's something, how do you know if, um, if you sense there might be something more going on and they don't want to talk about it? How do you get it out? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you may not. So let's just start there. Um, I wrote a column a while ago called Why Your Grumpy Teenager Doesn't Want to Talk to You. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I do a lot of my work is I just ask teenagers. I'm like, so you guys, like when you're kind of in that state where clearly something's wrong and your parent is saying, like, talk to me, talk to me, and you won't, like, what's the story? And it was this group of was actually girls. And they were like, oh, there's four reasons. So the first reason they said is we know what you're going to say. So mm-hmm. the reason I'm upset is that I bombed that math test that I had today and it's the same math test that two days ago you were asking me if I'd studied enough for and I shook you up and so if I mentioned to you that's the problem I don't want to hear your response because I already know what you're going to say another thing they said is it's complicated so say for example the thing I'm upset about is that um, Susie was mean to me today and you don't like Susie and you don't like Susie because she's periodically been mean to me since the third grade and you're always telling me to stay away from Susie But I happen to know that in a week and a half, Susie's having a party and I want to go. So if I tell you today what happened, you're going to be weird in a week and a half and I don't want to deal with that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. They are brilliant. The third reason is you'll blab. If I tell you, you'll tell someone. And it feels really secret to me, even if it doesn't seem like a big deal to you. So I don't want to tell you. And then the fourth reason, and this just like knocked me out. I mean, this is why I love teenagers and love being with them. This girl said, here's the thing. By the time I get home, I am 90% over whatever it is that made me upset. 
And rehashing the whole thing for my mom doesn't help me feel better. Huh. Wow. So those are all good reasons to bear in mind, right? That like, we're not neutral. We think we're neutral. Like we're just asking and they're like, okay, you're going to do this, 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 and this. Right. And I have to deal with you next week also, right? So we have to think about where we fit in, but you can still be comforting without knowing. You can still say like, it looks like you had a hard day. Like, do you want some tea or do you want to watch a show together? Or like, do you want me to get the dog? You don't have to know to still offer comfort. And that's often really well received by kids that you're like, I'm going to trust that this is not something you need my intervention on, but I can still be part of helping you feel better. Mm. Do you have a dog? She definitely has a dog. Do you have a dog? I used to. I recommend. Do you recommend? Keep talking about the dog, and I'm like, thank goodness we have the dog. Yeah, the dog like knows when the kid needs them. Dogs are really good at comforting kids. They have no agenda. They give no advice. They never say, "I told you so." Right. They just want to snuggle. Right. I mean, the dogs get it. Dogs get it. Oh um, my gosh. We can't not have you on here and touch on anxiety. And I think that anxiety is such a new phenomenon for our generation of parenting because when we were growing up, anxiety was just like, suck it up and get out the door. You're nervous. Like, come on. Like it's everyone gets butterflies. You're fine. Move on. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, no longer can you be nervous? No longer can you be excited? No longer. It's like, I'm anxious. And I remember my daughter's doctor said, you know, remember nerves, excitement, and anxiety all have the same characteristic. So it could be before your birthday and you're going to be excited and that's going to feel bad because it's actually, it feels the same feeling as anxious. So how are we, um, I know this is your specialty or one of the things you really focus on, but anxiety and, um, and, and teenhood, What's the push pull there and how much are we, um, how much are we like buying it, not buying in, how much are we going into and how much are we like, you know what, part of life, you got to feel to learn. Let's, let's get this party started. And I just want to add one thing to that is that they all know, uh, their friends who, um, are kids are very vocal about the fact that they have anxiety now. So they'll, sometimes I feel like my, first of all, we'll be like, well, she, she has to do this because she has anxiety and she doesn't have to do that because she has anxiety. And then every once in a while, I feel like she tries that card on me and I'm like, "Mm, this is new. Like exactly. How do you know? Yeah. Okay. So here's how you know what is pathological anxiety and what is healthy anxiety. Oh, good. You don't have to talk about anxiety. It's healthy. It's protective. It's useful. Okay. Pathological anxiety. Actually, let's start with healthy anxiety. Healthy anxiety actually keeps you safe. So if you're at the grocery store and somebody is coming near to you and doesn't have a mask or is just getting too close, your healthy anxiety should kick off and you should be very uncomfortable and then you will move away because the discomfort got your attention. So that is good, healthy anxiety. If you have a project due and you have not started and it's due tomorrow, you should feel really anxious. That will help you get started. Mm -hmm. So healthy anxiety is anxiety that corresponds to a threat. Anxiety, an alarm that rings when something's wrong. Unhealthy anxiety is when there's anxiety but nothing's wrong or it's within the range of, you know, what we should be able to, just part of life or Anxiety that's way out of proportion to what's wrong. So we get anxious before tests. We should not have panic attacks before tests. Mm -hmm. So, so long as there's a real reason for nerves and the nerves are not totally out of control, it's healthy anxiety. I love what your daughter's doctor said about, you know, this is all the same stuff. There is, I mean, anxiety is just physiological arousal. It's our body kind of going into a high alert state. We feel the same before a big performance. We feel the same before a big test. We feel this, you know, on our wedding days, right? We felt this way. And so what you can do that really, really helps, there's two things to do. One is when a kid says, oh my God, I've got anxiety. I say, tell me more. And then they say, birthday party, lots of kids coming over. And I say, you're feeling a lot of anticipation. Mm -hmm. You're feeling a lot of excitement. So part of how we can help is don't stop at the word anxiety. Like really like ask more, get more detail, get more texture, get more nuance, expand the vocabulary for physiological arousal, right? That we all, there's, there's a, a lot of words, anticipation, apprehension, nerves, worry, excitement, juice, you know, going to go crush this thing. I mean, it's all um, the same physiological event. The other thing, and this is, you mentioned about kids asking to not do things because they're anxious. 
One of the most fundamental principles in all of psychology is that avoidance feeds anxiety. Mm. If you are frightened of something and you don't do it, you actually, your anxiety becomes worse. Lisa, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about not so much my daughter, I'm thinking about myself and I'm thinking about how I used to get like really, really, really nervous for things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my mom always used to just like push me to do it. And once I did it once, yeah. like you just, you would just get over it. And I remember when we first were doing TV segments and I wanted to do it. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going to do it. But the feeling inside was so overwhelming. And then I think about now, I wouldn't even get nervous because it's like you have to do the thing to get rid of that feeling. Like but immunity, it, right? You yes. build immunity every time you do it. Every, you're do it. Stronger. every time you do it, you're like, oh, that's not so bad. And every time you do it, you haven't let yourself get out of it and had the relief of getting out of it. I mean, anxiety is also, avoidance is very reinforcing. If you do it, you feel better. And so you want to do it again. Yeah. And so it's really a double whammy. So, you know, if you could just go ahead and go whole hog, right? Like just do the segment, do it. If a kid needs to step up to something slowly and they can, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. They may not be able to do the whole thing on the first pass, but they can't run from it. They've Mm -hmm. got to move in the direction of the thing they fear. Yeah, because and it'll just it'll just feed it, and it'll be in worse. Maybe one day they'll absolutely have to do that thing, and the, the, it'll yeah. be so much bigger than it would have been if they just. And Sunday scaries are a thing for a lot of parents who on Sundays, they think their child is, you know, because you can really get in a tizzy on Sunday. Like my son will wake up on Sunday. He's like, well, the day's over. I'm like, it's like, it's back to school on Sunday morning. Okay. And I'm like, well, that's like waking up on your birthday and saying my birthday's over. Like, remember, Sunday is another full day. Um, what is the uh, Sunday? Are and we people get that a lot who work oh. and don't love their jobs. They're like, oh, the Monday blues. They get the, they get the Sunday like anxiety. Oh, are there any tips to get through these moms who have to deal with wild Sundays? Already throwing out the Sunday yeah. at 8 a.m.? Yeah. yeah. No, Sunday should be nice. Um, I actually think it might be worth taking a pass at it on Saturday. Saying to a kid on Saturday, you're having a good time. Tomorrow you can have a good time. You know, yeah, you should, why don't you go ahead and get in a restaurant at 8 o'clock at night? Sure. Like, you know, if you have to have the feeling, like, have a, what do you want to do in the morning? What do you want me to say to you in the morning if you wake up like this? Um, and recruit. I mean, what, what I'm getting at is kids are introspective. Like kids can actually think about their own thoughts, but they can't do them when the thoughts have taken over. Mm. So, um, if you know that's coming, maybe Friday, Saturday, say, look, you don't want Sundays ruined. I don't want Sundays ruined. Like, can we try something different? Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be so helpful to so many people because it's at the point now where he's like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I'm like, you're just like, come on. Like, you know, cause you can get frustrated with the repetition of the same thing. And you're like, get it together. And you also just, you like inside, you're like, get over it. Yeah. You, the patience. <laughs> it's annoying. And, and I think I love that you're so honest about that. Like there are aspects of parenting that you're like, Oh, come on. And even I find in the pandemic, I want to say to my kids sometimes, I'm in the pandemic too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For me, like I'm cheerleading you like crazy, but um, Lisa, I told them to get a life one day. I'm like, you need to get a life, and they're like, I can't get a life, and I'm like, this is terrible, you know, because they have no life. Like you're their life, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is not okay. I I love you, I love you a lot, but I cannot be your whole like no, no play dates, no sport. It is. I like, texted Kat this morning. I said my kids have spent way too much time together. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, they just like they're fighting for fun and they're screaming because it's fun. And I'm like, I live in a, in a semi house. Someone is on the other wall of my house, and she is just like, oh my god, I need to move. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it's crazy. We call it fun fighting. Like they're bored, so they start something. Oh my gosh. It's so annoying. And sometimes I'll say, like, do you need me to intervene or is this fun fighting? They'll be like, oh, no, no, it's fun fighting. Yeah. I think the mind would almost <laughs> say, yeah, no, we're there. I don't yeah. want to hear it. No. That is so. And my, my husband um, kind of yelled at me yesterday because they were screaming with joy. Finally, they were problem solving. Oh, Somebody's so like, loud. settle down. And I'm like, wait, they're having fun. Why don't you come on upstairs and let them have fun down there? I'm like, why are you down there with them? Come on upstairs and don't be around them. Oh, my gosh, Lisa. You have honestly, I think, given so many tools that and made parents feel normal that can just sit there and take a deep breath. And I think that's the biggest thing at parenting and listening to other perspectives is even though the moments are hard when you can take a step back and even three out of four times, you can be like, 
this is developmental, this is developmental, you know, and one time make a mistake, you can always go back and fix it, you know, and check yourself as we are on this journey. And you've given me already like some tools that I'm going to be able to like put in action. I mean, I would hope it didn't need to happen today, but it's going to happen every day. So, but things that I know how I can, I can talk to her better. Yeah. We're just really appreciative of um, your thoughts and your podcast, I think I can't wait to listen to. Yes. And if you need something in your ear, I mean, what an amazing, an amazing way to have access to you 24 seven. Well, thank you for what you do. I just have so much respect for you too. You're just fabulous. I just love you. You just make me, you know what? You <laughs> gave me this pep for the week that I needed. No one tells us that ever. So we, usually you didn't make my food right. So thank you so much. It was, I, I made my son toast. And he's like, I don't like it toasted. Uh, and I'm like, but you asked for you wanted bread, buddy. You asked for toast. He goes, I like war- I like it warm. I'm oh, like, gosh. so you like warm bread, not <laughs> toast. Oh, I was just like, you need to make it yourself. Oh, yeah, you know? that's, that's the outcome, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That sums up 2020. Give me some toast, <laughs> not toasted. Uh, we just said thank you. Where can everybody find you? I know you said at the top, but we'll also link it. Mm-hmm. I know you have Instagram, you have podcasts, so they can find you at your handle. Yep. So on Instagram, I'm at, at lisa.damour, L-I-S-A dot damour, D-A-M-O-U-R. And on Instagram, the podcast is Ask Lisa Podcast. Um, and you're doing it with somebody, or is it always with somebody? No. So I do it with this fabulous colleague of mine, Rena Ninen. She's a career journalist and a fabulous mom and a real mom. You know, and so every week we take questions from our listeners and we choose ones that we're getting lots of. We know we'll apply to a lot of people. And Rena and I just do the question. She asks and then she just we just talk it through. And each podcast is about a half hour long. They they come out every Tuesday morning. And we are just trying to stay right on top of the concerns that are unfolding in the pandemic because this is such a hard time to be a parent. I know uh, you're you're I I I always say to Nat, I wonder what our are, are what's going to look like when we're through it and moms have held it together for so long and what that's going to feel like when we can like, I feel like we're all just holding together by a thread, but we can't, it's kind of like if you start to cry, you won't stop crying. You know, the, that, 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 that saying, and it's like, yeah. if, if I, if I stop and think about it, yeah. I will not be okay. So I am just going to keep yeah. on going until I can take a breath. And to be able to come and listen to your podcast for free, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like podcasts mm-hmm. are amazing. And for you that. also have books. I think you mentioned you do have two books and you and they can buy them on Amazon, I'm sure. And everywhere else you can get a book. Your books are sold. Um, so Untangled, Guiding Teenage Girls through, through the Seven Transitions into Adulthood and Under Pressure, Confronting the Epidemic of Stress and Anxiety and Girls. And I have a website that has everything, including a lot of free resources. Um, so the website is drlisademore.com. So dr. L-I-S-A-D-A-M-O-U-R.com. But there's a resource page there with a bookmark on how to manage a meltdown, how to manage anxiety under COVID-19, how to manage stress under COVID-19, what to do if your teenager's friend is in crisis. So I tried to put up everything I could think of for the worries that parents have right now. Well, thank you so much. And we're so appreciative of everything you're doing. And and hopefully we get to have you on here again. Yeah, I think we need to tackle one with the husbands and and how how the when the parenting is different. Mm. (laughs) that face says it all thank you you, Lisa have a great day take care bye-bye